Good morning, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. Happy February, guys. It is February 1st as the new year continues to roll along, which is fine by me because that just means I'm closer and closer to being done with spring semester, even though it just started. So time time will keep rolling, and that's all I can hope for. Uh, let, without, without further ado, let's get into sports news, namely the NBA. Uh, let's go through today's schedule. Uh, again, February 1st, the Memphis Grizzlies travel to Detroit to take on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Grizzlies come in at 18-32, and 32, bottom of the Western Conference. Pistons in at 23-26, and 26, so still potentially a chance to make a playoff push. Ordinarily, I wouldn't care about this game. However, Blake Griffin is making his debut for Detroit tonight, so I'm interested in seeing how Blake and Andre Drummond work together in the front court. I expect uh, Blake to play limited minutes as he gets accustomed to the new playbook, new play style, uh, and his teammates. As far as who won the trade, more on that in a minute. The Toronto Raptors at 34 and 15 travel to Washington to take on the Wizards, who sit at 28 and 22. With John Wall being out for the next few months, it's really all on Bradley Beal's shoulders now. I don't see them defeating this strong Raptors team who's been playing extremely well as of late and a team who has their eyes on a deep postseason run this season. The Houston Rockets in at 36-13, second in the Western Conference, are in San Antonio tonight to take on the Spurs, who sit at third in the Western Conference. Both these teams have postseason aspirations, and even though I'm a big Spurs fan, it's tough to see them winning tonight without Kawhi Leonard, especially the way the Rockets are playing of late. On top of that, James Harden is playing at an MVP level, so I'm, I'm sure you all heard about his 60-point triple-double, the first player in NBA history to do so. So the Rockets are just playing unbelievable basketball right now, and they look like a team that could potentially challenge Golden State. But we'll have to wait and see how the season continues to progress. The Milwaukee Bucks at 27 and 22 are in Minnesota tonight to take on the Timberwolves, who sit at 32 and 22. And the Bucks are six and four in their last ten. Most of those, if not all, are without head coach Jason Kidd, who was relieved of his coaching duties earlier this season. Timberwolves just lost a close one at the hand of the hands of the Toronto Raptors uh, last night. So it'll be interesting to see if and how they bounce back against the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Eric Bledsoe from the Bucks. Speaking of a team that I think could challenge Golden State, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in Denver taking on the Nuggets. The Thunder were on an eight-game winning streak before the Wizards ended that streak with a 102-96 win. Also of note, Andre Roberson is out for the season for the Thunder with a patellar tendon tear. Tough blow for OKC defensively, but at the same time, I think this will let some of their younger pieces get more involved. And in the end, could really benefit them as they get closer and closer to the playoffs. That's it for today's NBA action. Let's take a look at the Blake Griffin trade details. So I'm sure you all heard about this Blake Griffin trade deal and were just as shocked as I am by it considering the Clippers signed Blake Griffin to a five-year, $173 million deal this offseason. And... Again, yeah, I just could not believe it. And, uh, you know, in the end, it could have been a good mood. Um, 
So, new Detroit Pistons forward Blake Griffin admitted Wednesday, uh, this is according to ESPN, that like the rest of the basketball world, he was just he was surprised to be traded from the LA Clippers on Monday. Quote, shocked is a good way to put it, Griffin said during his introductory news conference at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Now that Griffin has come to grips with his new basketball reality, he is excited to get the chance to help lay a foundation for his new team. But after signing a max extension with the Clippers over the summer, he acknowledges that it was a tough way. Uh, it was tough to find out that he was moving on from the only professional organization he has ever known. Blake Griffin was quoted as saying, "Basketball is a business. The NBA is a business, and they made a decision. The only thing I wish I had, uh, the only thing I wit." Or excuse me, man. The only thing I just wish I had known or had the opportunity to talk to somebody beforehand, finding out through Twitter, through other people, is a tough way to find out that you've been or when you've been with a franchise for so long. But at the end of the day, basketball is a business, and I want to play where a team wants me, and that's why I'm excited about being here. So, who won the trade? Uh, in the end. The Clippers do clear up a lot of cap space, 173 million to be exact, uh, and they do get some quality pieces out of the trade. Again, the trade consisted of Blake Griffin to Detroit for Tobias Harris, a uh, young budding forward who has potential to be, I don't want to say an elite caliber player, but I will say a, you know a star caliber player. I do think he has the potential to be somebody who would be likened with to maybe Rudy Gay or along those lines. Uh, he is a he's a six foot eight wing. He's pretty athletic, has a good jumper, and it, it really is and he really is a good quality person. Um, the other person they get out of that is Avery Bradley, a very uh, talented all-star defender at the shooting guard position. Uh, perhaps offensively not as explosive as Blake Griffin, but in the end, he brings great value to this organization. So I'm a little torn on this. Um, on Obviously, the Pistons, in the short term at least, get a all-star forward who's been in the all-star game a lot in his career, eight or nine times. Uh, gets paired up with the likes of Andre Drummond, who is also a budding superstar. And Drummond, in my opinion, is better than DeAndre Jordan. Right now, I'd say they're similar. They're similar play styles. They're one of them. You know, they're both good rebounding machines and you know shot blockers. But Andre Drummond, I think, has a little bit more of a polished post game and has more potential in that area than Andre Drummond ever did, or excuse me, than um, DeAndre Jordan ever did. So in the end, the Clippers or the uh, Pistons now have an all-star and potentially dominant front court that could cause some trouble in the Eastern Conference. And the Clippers right now are sort of you know, in an unknown realm right now. It, 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 Tobias and uh, Avery Bradley could pay off down the road, but I need to see another move here and there to maybe, you know, strengthen up that core uh, and get them together. I also think Doc Rivers needs to go. So, yes, the Clippers set themselves up pretty well for future moves by this trade, but right now I've got to go with the Pistons winning the trade. 
the Pistons did take on a lot of responsibility in the cap space, but right now the Pistons have to be considered a threat uh, towards playoff time in the Eastern Conference and a team that you know people aren't going to want to run into. So we just talked about the Blake Griffin trade, and now we have a potential trade in the making, or not a trade, a free agency move, this coming after the conclusion of the 2018 NBA season. This one is just a scary rumor. LeBron James to Golden State. Unthinkable, right? Well, according to CBS Sports, LeBron James' potential free agency has been a hot topic since last summer. And while teams like the Lakers, Rockets have been brought up as possible destinations, there's one team that's pretty much been considered unthinkable, the Golden State Warriors. If Golden State can create a max salary slot this season, the defending NBA champions could position themselves to secure a meeting with LeBron James, league sources told ESPN. There's no indication that Golden State is evaluating such options to acquire the Cavs star at this time. Out of respect for the Warriors' winning culture, James would listen if Golden State explored ways to clear the next, uh, necessary space, sources said. James' distance relate, distant relationship with Cavs owner Dan Gilbert is well chronicled, and the instability in the front office has been a concern to him. But the Warriors' strong organizational structure and the prospect of more championships would be an enticement that most veteran players would consider. James and his business team have been known to covet structure uh, if he were to leave his hometown team. With Golden State, an ultra-aggressive general manager, and Bob Myers, the ownership group as a whole, and Coach Steve Kerr are the epitome of that. In order for Golden State to free up the necessary room, uh, Haynes outlines a few moves, This uh, one of the CBS writers, Haynes outlines a few moves they would have to make First, they would likely have to acquire James through a sign-in trade in which they would give up Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. They would also need Durant to take less than his current salary of $25 million uh, to have to shed and also probably have to shed Sean Livingston's contract. It seems pretty far-fetched at this point, particularly if the Warriors win another title this June with the core of All-Stars and MVPs all under the age of 30. It wouldn't make much sense to compromise that for a 33-year-old about to enter his 16th NBA season. But this is LeBron James we're talking about, so nothing is ever off the table. After all, when the idea of Durant joining the Warriors was first floated, most considered it a long shot until it wasn't. That line right there, you know, makes me think that, oh my gosh, this might actually be a possibility. Is it a likely one? I don't think so. But the fact that it's even a possibility and that LeBron would listen to the Golden State Warriors in a meeting is a scary one. I, it would break the NBA, quite honestly. I would quit watching, as I'm sure a lot of people who pull for other teams would. I mean, what, what would be the point? Steph Curry, Clay T- or Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green all on the same team. Come on, that would be a joke. And I certainly hope that it's something that we don't see, just for simply the competitive nature of the NBA, as it's already struggling right now. I mean, who realistically is going to be Golden State? I, I the Celtics have put up two good fights, but playoffs it, it would be it's just different. The Rockets have been tough for them this uh, this po- or excuse me this regular season. 
And who knows, maybe maybe my Spurs could make something happen, but it's all just seems very unlikely whenever you watch Golden State play. They're they're a machine, and the, I I would just be shocked if they didn't win it all again this season. So. Again, LeBron James possibly to Golden State. Stay tuned. Well, guys, it's 2018, and if this past year has been any indication of things being offensive, well, this next bit of news does not come as a surprise. Max Kellerman, a first-take host, is hating on the leprechaun, the most be- uh, the mascot beloved of the University of Notre Dame students and alumni, saying that it is, quote, offensive. Yep, that's right. The Notre Dame mascot is now apparently offensive. Uh, Most people who are ethnic Irish in America or who have any sort of association with Notre Dame would probably advise Kellerman in a far less polite way to go find something better to do with himself. But it's not enough just to dismiss what he says out of hand because he rationalizes it with universal principles that no one can possibly follow or honor as serious. The most ridiculous line comes right at the end of this video posted by the Free Beacon's Alex Griswold and... I looked up the video and watched it. Kellerman rationalizes his replicon uh, phobia by laying down a rule that, uh, quote, uh, pernicious negative stereotypes of marginalized people that offend even some among them should be changed. And that this and that this applies, quote, even if it is a minority of the group that is offended. That simply goes too far. By this line of thinking, we will be deeming a Spartan or Trojan mascot that, uh, offensive to Doric or I- Ionic Greeks, respectively, if we can find one single Greek person to say it is offensive. I'm sorry, but this utopian world just does not exist. There's always going to be some out, someone out there that's offensive. And who cares if you're offensive? So what? <laughs> Deal with it. Being offended is objective. What I might find offensive, someone else might not find offensive, and it all just goes around and round in circles like that. I'm just baffled by this whole line of thinking that if anything is offensive to any single person out there, boom, it should be changed. Uh, Max, if I find your line of thinking offensive, or if I find you yourself offensive, does that mean you should just, you know, go jump off a bridge? Uh, Sorry, but in real life, we can't uh, all be dictated by the most offended person in the room. It's about time. People were reminded that whatever isn't intended as an insult probably isn't one. The worst part about all this is that no one thinks Kellerman actually believes what he's saying here about the Irish. He is just feigning consistency to make an otherwise unpalatable argument seem less so. It's embarrassing. So Kellerman, my message to you, go jump in a lake. Or both lakes. And guys, one last thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, this is out of the NFL. Alex, the Alex Smith trade. Um, as far as winner and loser, I would say the winner would have to be Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City not only gets a very good cornerback prospect in uh, Fuller, the Virginia Tech product, uh, they also get Pat Mahomes uh, the chance to show himself as a potential NFL starter. Pat Mahomes was likely to be considered a starter next year. You know, they, 
for training camp at least they would see who would be he would be in the competition let's just say uh, on top of that they open up 17 million dollars in cap space which they can use to do whatever they want with and it just gives them a lot more flexibility that way whereas washington they get a quarterback who's four years older than kirk cousins uh, they take on more cap space kirk cousins is likely to walk as of because of this move um, where Kirk Cousins will go, that remains to be seen. I personally think he, it would be cool if he went to Cleveland to help maybe turn that franchise around because Cleveland has a lot of cap space and a lot of opportunity to build this offseason and then potentially draft Saquon Barkley with one of their earlier first-round picks. Another landing spot, I think, could be Denver. Denver is a team with a very stout defense, even though the defense is starting to get older and older. Um, they, they have to consider them. The uh, Cardinals, potentially, they have a solid defense. Um, they're, they don't have Kirk Cousins anymore. Or, excuse me, they don't have... Uh, why can I not think? Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson Palmer. Uh, and maybe even the Jacksonville Jaguars, assuming that they don't pick up the option of Blake Bortles. Um, or they decide to maybe move Blake Bortles. That, that remains to be seen. So Kirk Cousins now has a plenty of choices to make and is going to be highly sought after with all the teams that need a quarterback. So Washington, you kind of blew it. You should have locked up Kirk Cousins when you had the chance. Um, at least they got something out of it, you know, with this Alex Smith trade. Uh, and the Chiefs, well done. That was a good move in my opinion. Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but not a quarterback that you would list you know, with the likes of the, uh, the elites, with Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, in the end, I'd got to say Kansas City is the winner in this trade deal, and we're just gonna have to wait and see how this plays out. You know, uh, in the off season, as far as Kirk Cousins and uh, the situation there in Washington, I think it's high time Kirk got out of there. Washington has, you know, fumbled through so many uh, player you know, player, owner, front office situations, namely Robert Griffin and now Kirk Cousins. So, Alex, good luck in Washington. The problem with Washington also, you got to think about, is their receiving core is just decimated. You had Will Reed, I think, if I remember correctly, the tight end. He's just been, he had a lot of potential, but the injuries have just kept him off the field. A lot of other injuries wrecked through their wide receiving slots. Pierre Garçon, I think, is done. So just a lot of uncertainties in Washington, whereas with Kansas City, you got Pat Mahomes as a potential starter in the league. You got a solid defense, and then Kareem Hunt in the backfield um, with, with some good receiving threats as well, Travis Kelsey being one of them. Uh, Kansas City out, coming out of this again, uh, as I was saying, has has to be the winner of this trade. Last but not least, guys, a couple college basketball games of note today. Creighton, sitting at 17-5 and on the season, uh, is receiving top 25 votes. They are at first-ranked Villanova, uh, number one team in the country, sitting at 20-1. and uh, Villanova likely the winner in this game. They are just one of the most consistent teams in college basketball. They may not have star power or big names, 
but they just overall are just a team to be reckoned with and a t potential Final Four uh, type squad this year. Uh, the other game, 25th ranked Arizona State at Washington in Seattle tonight. Uh, Arizona State comes in at 16 and five, and the Huskies at 15 and six. Arizona State, uh, as I've mentioned on previous shows, is struggling right now, you know, sitting at four and five in Pac-12 play. So a, a big win in Washington or at Washington. Uh, could be a big one, especially with a trip to Washington State following right after this. They could pick up two easy wins here, or excuse me, an easy win in Pullman, is what I meant to say, and uh, continue on their merry way out of Washington with two wins under their belt. Arizona destroyed my Cougs last night, 100-72, to so... That was a fun one, and the basically our season's over. We're three and uh, I want to say thirteen or fourteen now <laughs> since starting seven and zero on the season. So uh, life's good being a Coug fan. Let me tell you, uh, that's all I've got for college basketball. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. If you liked what you heard, please hit that star on my channel to favorite my channel. And if you'd like to listen to me on other outlets, you can find this episode on Google Play Music or iTunes, just titled Garrison Talk Sports. You can also find me on Facebook, once again, Garrison Talk Sports. And last but not least, I also have started trying my hand at sports blogging. Still working on improving, but if you'd like to read what I've written, head on over to garrishardy.wixsite.com. Again, that's garrishardy.wixsite.com. Com. Got my sports blog up there. Also, a link to my social media feed. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, Thursday, the 1st of February. See you soon.